0: It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading
1: now.
2: And Welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, it's pre-K week in Georgia. For the past 28 years, Georgia's nationally recognized pre-K program has provided quality early education to the state's youngest learners. Launched in 1992 as a pilot program serving 750 four-year-olds, The lottery-funded Georgia's pre-K program has laid a solid foundation for academic excellence and future success in the lives of approximately 1.6 million children. This is our 10th year participating with Voices for Georgia's Children for Pre-K Week. And Commissioner, it is really something we always look forward to.
3: It is. It is a special week every year. It's hard to believe we're in our 10th year. Um, And it's almost a shame that our 10th year had to happen during the public health emergency. But you know what? From what I've seen um, just early in the week, it's been an amazing pre-K week. And I'll have to say um, both of our teams at DeCal and at Voices have done an amazing job of really getting creative um, and still having that same level of excitement that we have every year to celebrate Georgia pre-K.
2: Absolutely. It's mostly virtual. There's some in-person happening, of course, with safe distancing and following all the CDC and uh, Department of Public Health guidelines, but uh, folks are doing a great job, and we're just getting started. So, Joining us to talk about Georgia Pre-K Week is Dr. Erica Fenner-Sitkoff, Executive Director at Voices for Georgia's Children. Susan Adams is Deputy Commissioner for Georgia's Pre-K Program and Instructional Supports. Nicole Cook, one of our outstanding Pre-K specialists here at DECAL. And our special guest, Coy Bowles, lead guitarist from the Zach Brown Band, author of Behind the Little Red Door and his latest, Behind the Little Red Door, Can You Touch a Color? Folks, welcome to the podcast.
3: Hi, good morning.
2: Happy Pre-K week. Happy Pre-K week <laughs> <laughs> everybody.
3: Well, this is um, a great panel and I want to thank you all uh, for being with us before we get before we get started talking specifically about pre-K week. Do, we do have a special guest who wants to officially welcome everyone to Georgia's Pre-K week. And here is Governor Brian Kemp.
4: Hello, I'm Governor Brian Kemp. It's my honor to join voices for Georgia's children and the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning in celebrating Georgia Pre-K week. The importance of early childhood education cannot be overstated. This year, more than 80,000 four-year-olds are participating in Georgia's pre-K program. Some are in traditional in-person classrooms. Others are in hybrid classrooms or participating in virtual learning. No matter what form the program takes, know this. Your kids are getting a solid start on their educational journey. I am proud to celebrate our nationally recognized pre-K program, and I'm proud of the hard-working teachers, assistant teachers, and DECAL pre-K specialists who contribute to its success. Have a great school year, and keep chopping.
3: Well, thank you, Governor Kemp and First Lady Marty Kemp, for your support of Georgia's pre-K program, both this week and every day.
2: Every day. We appreciate that. Uh, from the governor's office, everyone over there, big help uh, for this week. Erica, we've celebrated for 10 years now. First of all, how did that happen? <laughs> and where'd the time go? And how did the idea for a Georgia pre-K week originate?
5: So it, well, first I just want to say one thing that we spoke about how, well, it's kind of bittersweet that it's virtual this year we have a record number of pre-k centers registered for this 10th anniversary we have 850 centers registered participating and it's still going up um, each hour of the day so that just speaks to the power of georgia pre-k and how excited everyone is to um power through during this time and come together and celebrate uh, georgia's youngest learners and, and the strong investment the state has made in them so just wanted to kick off our decal download with that really good news.
2: Great news. That's fantastic.
5: Yeah. So um, Pre-K Week started out of the idea that
6: um, we,
5: we wanted to make sure people really understood and knew how valuable Pre-K was. You know, during It was back during some hard economic times of, of the country and in our state. And during those times, we have to make tough decisions about where to invest more limited dollars. And pre-K, Georgia's pre-K program is nationally recognized. You know, Georgia is really leading the nation and investing in early learning. And we wanted to make sure all of our uh, lawmakers um, and policymakers understood how valuable that investment was and that's where it came from to teach lawmakers, give them experiences in the classroom to see firsthand the growing minds and, and development that was happening, the magical development that was happening every day because of Georgia's pre-K program. And it has grown every year since. Like I said, this year, record-breaking numbers, um, more than 800 centers across the state are, are participating. And over the course of time, we've had the majority of, of lawmakers Um, participate as well in the program. So we've got the majority of elected officials having been in a pre-K center and interacted firsthand with students and the the learning and growing that they experience.
2: Yeah, you know, it's one thing to see it on paper. It's impressive on paper, uh, even from a research perspective, to see the impact that pre-K has. But nothing beats walking in that classroom and uh, looking into the faces of uh, 22 four-year-olds. In some cases, you're looking in the faces of 66 because they combine maybe a couple of classes <laughs> together. Yeah. Um,
5: and they see I- firsthand kids, you know, reading the book along with them and finishing their sentences and asking really thoughtful questions. And they get to see the classroom, all of the different centers there and, and um, the different learning that happens. It's it's unbelievable to watch someone experience pre-K for the first time, both children, but but adults. They get to see how cool it is.
3: Well, now due to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, this year's Georgia's Pre-K Week does look a little different. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what it looks like this year.
1: Pre-K does look a little bit different um, this year. We have programs that are participating um, face-to-face, so children are showing up in classrooms every day. We also have programs that are um, having children participate virtually in distance learning, And um, we've really worked with programs to decide what's best for their families and their local communities.
3: And so how does pre-K week look since pre-K looks different, obviously with those three options, what does pre-K week look like? How are we doing it? We, you know, we didn't want to not
5: do it this year. So we got real creative about, about what it could look like and how we could um, engage centers virtually so we could help keep everybody as safe as possible. So we've got every day of this week. An activity every day this week. We kicked off the start of the week with a special message um, from our governor, which is gonna be show that which was shown in, in pre-K classrooms across the state yesterday. Um, we've got legislators that recorded videos. Um, and, and we have displayed all of that on a, on a website parents access and download and show those videos of, of lawmakers reading books to them. And we've had some really cool Facebook Live events with uh, one of our special guests here today, Koi Bowles, where classrooms can engage and get their wiggles out in the morning. Um, and also um, hear the book. We have some special guest readers um, from some of our uh, well-known sports teams in the state, uh, Braves, Falcons, Atlanta United, um, including some books read in Spanish for, for um, our Spanish-speaking young learners. We um, have a special activity um, for, uh, to kick to end the week with where pre-K centers are gonna engage in a special activity where they get to record their own video and share it um, about what they love about pre-K. So there's lots of virtual reading. Some of them are live reading um, over Zoom for classrooms. Some of them are recorded readings of the book um, as well as some really fun activities to get, get kids engaged. One, including one today where um, They planned an activity of what was behind the Little Red Door, and that was a virtual tour of the aquarium. So there's just, classrooms are getting so creative um, about what's possible, even during these um, not typical times that we're in.
2: Right. Right. A lot of children answering Coy's question, (laughs) what's behind the little red door? And uh, it's their imaginations are are running wild. You know, we've had great support uh, for pre-K week through the years. Nearly three out of every four state legislators and nearly half of Georgia's congressional delegation have participated in Georgia's pre-K week reading to children since it began back in uh, 2011. Um, Erica, I know the number of centers, record-breaking. That's incredible. How are we doing on visits this year? I guess most are virtual.
5: Yes, most are virtual or like I said, pre-recorded. So we don't have as many as we typically have in volume. Um, We have some lawmakers, some um, state, state agency heads, community partners are recording messages for classrooms and Um, and students to cheer them on in their learning pre-K. So we do have um, a a smaller number of those quote visits or recorded sessions, um, which is why it was really exciting to be able to pack the week with all kinds of other videos and activities to to celebrate uh, pre-K. And also have a really strong presence on social media. Um, So our our policymakers and our partners Um, are really engaged on social media, uh, cheering pre-K on this week.
2: You know, I guess one thing to remember is these four-year-olds, it's their first time ever at Georgia Pre-K Week. And so they're going to welcome whatever we do (laughs) for them. And I I think that's why it's so great that everyone's doing such a great job uh, virtually and and coming up with alternative uh, ways uh, to entertain and educate uh, these children. It's great work.
5: Yeah, it's it's. I like to refer it as, and I think I actually may have borrowed this expression from you, Reg, from years past. That that um, Georgia Pre-K Week is, in essence, like the biggest pep rally I think in the state of Georgia, and it's for early learning, which is really cool. But to think about how many centers and students and families and and you know state leaders are engaged in celebrating it is, I think. I think I would say probably the biggest single pep rally in the state.
2: <laughs> yeah. Check out the website. that I was looking at it yesterday and so many of our elected officials, maybe uh, if you're listening, your local representative already has read a book and is ready for you to bring them on into the classroom at your convenience. That's the other thing about the virtual visit. So it's great.
5: Yeah, that is really cool. You know, I think the the silver lining of all this is the, creati- the creativity that emerges when, when you need to think outside the box, and then also that flexibility that it offers. I mean, the fact that we have a record number of senators engaged and we have so many um, lawmakers engaged speaks to just the, the ease that um, a virtual platform can also provide um, to get people to, to engage.
3: Yeah, you're right about that. And I have a feeling we may have to um, take some lessons learned and continue that even, you know, next year, because everyone's going to really like the virtual flexibility. Um, and I've re- I've enjoyed seeing the videos, too, of our uh, special guests who are reading Behind the Little Red Door, which is written by Georgia native Koi Bowles. Koi uh, has been a cheerleader for early learning for a really long time. It's good to see you, Koi. You're such a great supporter of not just early learning and early childhood education, but teachers and of DECAL. And so we are so thankful. I called you um, our host of Georgia Pre-K Week when I did an interview um, last week. Um, I didn't know how else to describe you, but I feel like you're you're our host this week. You're leading us through this week, and um, it's been great. But tell us about this really special new book um, that I would say you've probably really unveiled this week um, called Can You Touch a Color?
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me be the host. I don't mind being the Ryan Seacrest of, uh, <laughs> of Georgia Pre-K Week. Um, <clears throat> he's better looking than I am, but um, my voice might sound good. So anyway, um, uh, no, I think my relationship with the state of Georgia uh, over the last couple years has just been one of the things that I probably am the most proud of. Um, working with you guys on the first book, Behind the Little Red Door, was just such an amazing opportunity. And the idea to be able to connect with kids in my home state on that level with my creativity uh, and my imagination and my ability to uh, write stories. And w- it was just one of these kind of things that I was like, I can't believe this is happening. So the idea that, um, you know, we're doing Can You Touch a Color um, is one of these, uh, one of th- another kind of just like wow moment in my life to where. Um, you know, I really wanted to make sure with the first book, the message behind Behind the Little Red Door was, What do you say to that many kids? I mean, I think that book was going to go out to like 85,000 kids. It's like, What do you say to 85,000 kids? And I kept thinking of myself on a stage talking to a field full of kids, not listening and being like, uh, Check one, two, if, uh, <laughs> if I could just have your attention, please. Um, I got a couple questions. And everybody's just like not paying attention. And I would have dreams about it, actually. And I got writer's block for the first time in my life uh, on the first book for about two weeks. And then I kind of started searching through it. And ultimately I came to this idea of um, my aunt had this room that was a playroom that there was a small door that went into it and uh, she used her creativity, but that creativity is kind of one of the keys to success. Every person that I've met in my journey in the last 15 years as being a professional musician are very creative people and, um, And that might be a businessman, that might be, you know, somebody who's a musician or an artist, but it's also that key to life is creativity, being able to be a creative thinker. So that was what the first book was about. And then the second book, um, um, Can You Touch a Color? The whole idea was kind of expanding on this idea that you can go anywhere. And my daughter is actually um, the one that I owe all the credit to this book for is that she asked me in the car one day, just randomly out of nowhere, she goes, Dad, can you touch a color? And I instantly pulled out my phone and wrote that down. I was like, whoa, that thing has zing to it, you know? And so um, I kind of kept, you know, kind of mulling it around in my head. And then we ended up getting on the phone and talking. And then, you know, a year something later, we have uh, a finished book, you know? Um, And I'm really, really proud of this book because I think that um, the idea that I started writing it more than a year ago and how um, kind of pertinent it is where it's like it starts out on a rainy day and the sunshine comes out at the very end is very like kind of heartwarming for the situation that we're in right now. And also there's a page in there that um, that I really believe in which is the idea that you should appreciate yourself and love yourself and appreciate the color of your hair, the color of your eyes, the color of your body, but also the color of people's eyes and hairs and bodies that are next to you. You know? So this kind of um, this, uh, it was, it's a very subtle message, but I think it's very, very deep. And to me, it uh, was something I felt very proud of uh, to be able to somehow another kind of you know, write this message um, in a very subtle way that has a lot of mojo and power to it that is uh, very timely for what is going on in our world today uh, without it being like this bonk on the head kind of thing, you know, because um, with pre-K kids, uh, I have kids that are two and three years old right now, so I'm in that world. And one of the best things about uh, that age is how much they pick up on subtleties, you know? And so you don't really have to like, you know, like drive it home to them. You can just go, you need to appreciate the colors that are around you in every direction, whether it's people's uh, color or whether it's uh, the colors of uh, the plants that are around you, you know, let's just be grateful and appreciative. And they go, cool, you know, and then they move on, you know? So, um, so anyway uh, I I'm really, really, really proud of this book and I'm really proud of the relationship that I have with you guys And um, I'm really excited to see what this book has to offer the world, just because just reading it today for the first time, I had a lot of people like, where can we get this book at, you know, so, uh, so far so good, you know.
3: Yeah, completely agree. I read it on Monday to a pre-K class and they loved it. And their teacher was like, when are we when are we going to get this book? And I said, maybe (laughs) maybe there's a surprise coming, but I can make no promises. Um, But you you have to answer this question for us because I know um, you probably get it a lot. But I know that our listeners will want to know how does a Grammy award winning guitarist
7: become an accomplished author of children's books of all things? Uh, and i 'll keep i 'll keep the message short, but uh, ultimately, I got into writing songs, realized that I was a storyteller because when, when i 'm around people, I just start getting into like one time when I was ten years old, there was this thing that happened, to you, or you know uh, whatever so i 'm kind of that guy who 's um, always trying to tell a story, and I like that about myself. I kind of get it from my dad, you know um, and i I grew up in a place to where like oral tradition is a big thing, standing around a fire and everybody telling stories about high school and you know, hunting trips and, you know, whatever else is just kind of what, what I grew up around. Um, And it's a lot of fun, but I realized that I had this kind of innate creativity and knack for storytelling. And I really wanted to write a a full length, like novel or something. Uh, But I was like, uh, let's take baby steps. You know, (laughs) I don't want to write a 500 page book that gets edited for the next three years and never comes out. Like, why don't I write a three, you know, a 30 page book uh, for kids. And so I wrote this story about a girl who has a uh, unusual laugh, which is a true story. A friend of mine has, uh, one of the guys in the band, Matt Mangano, his wife, who he was dating at the time when um, we went out to dinner and I told a funny joke and she started doing this snorting thing. And then later on I asked, I was like, w- w- uh, you know, what's up with the, the whole, the laughing thing? And ultimately she holds her laughing. Uh, Because she had a crazy laugh when she was a kid and uh, she got made fun of and she changed her laugh. And I was like, what in the world, man? That's like trying to make your heart stop or something, you know? So I ended up writing the story. I read it to a lot of people. Um, You know, uh, Zach was one of the guys that I read it to. I read it to Bob Taylor, who's the owner and inventor of Taylor Guitars. And, you know, a lot of people said, man, you should do something with that. There's like, there's something to that story. So I had enough positive feedback to where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it, man and by going for it meant two years later i was going over to the illustrator's house like actually holding her kid and you know and walking around her house while she was you know illustrating the book and whatnot and she did an amazing job and i learned a lot and uh and then it connected with teachers and then that was 10 years ago and uh, that turned me into writing another book to connected with teachers and then here i am is one of my main points of my life is going to be to be an advocate for education and teachers. So it's all about following the signs, I think, you know, it'll lead you somewhere and I'm very proud of where it's led me. So,
2: Well, we were thrilled that uh, all those things took place and everything fell into place because uh, we've got a couple of great books uh, out there that kids are enjoying. And if you did not have the opportunity to watch Coy on a Facebook live, either Friday morning or Tuesday morning of this week, Uh, We still have them posted on our Facebook page. Go back and watch because they are very entertaining. Susan, let's talk a little bit about the pre-K program. It was the brainchild of Governor Zell Miller back in 1992 and today serving over 80,000 students in 159 counties. We've served over 1.6 million students since 1992. Uh, Georgia, one of only 10 states and D.C., providing high-quality care to more than 50% of all four-year-olds around 60 percent here in Georgia. Why do you think the program has been so successful?
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you think about um, how many kids and families Georgia Pre-K has touched. First and foremost, the reason our program is successful is our teachers that work so hard with kids every day. Um, Especially this year, We cannot um, talk about Georgia Pre K without talking about the hard work of our teachers who have been dedicated to figuring this out and are doing amazing things this year um, to make sure that children have a great first school experience um, in the midst of some pretty challenging um, odds. Um, And then, you know, with Georgia Pre K, you know, we have people that are such advocates for the program whether it's our private um, providers um, who operate childcare programs, our school superintendents, our child advocacy organizations like Voices, but also we've been really blessed with um, governors who've had a vision um, for early learning and understanding the impact it has on children and families. And then also our legislators who are so excited to participate um, in Georgia's pre K um, week. Um, and you know, the other thing that's amazing about Georgia Pre K is that we have the research behind it that shows it does make a difference. That regardless of the door a Georgia Pre K kid walks into, um, they're gonna get a high quality experience. And it's gonna be an experience that's gonna prepare them um, to be ready for kindergarten and then also to be a, a successful student throughout their um, school career. And so, you know, pre-K is a place where it's successful because there's such commitment to the program in the state.
7: Yeah, I've been really impressed uh, just as, you know, kind of from an outside perspective, um, as I've been doing uh, more stuff with the education system in the United States as a whole to realize what other states are doing and, and what Georgia's doing. It's been one of those kind of things. That's, it's really made me proud of you guys, and also to be a part of, um, you know, the organization and the state, um, it, because um, it's really exciting to know that, um, you know, there are kids who have such great access to, to this, you know, to pre-K learning, and how important it is, and once you start reading the numbers and looking at the facts on the, on, you know, where we stand with how important you know, early education is, and what what it leads to for you know a child, the rest of a child's life, it's really amazing. And I think a lot of people are, are um, not as aware of the the, the truth and the, the the statistics and stuff. So I I really want to um, use my voice to try to let that information be known. But I think the state of Georgia is doing a great job of. Letting people in Georgia know by like by pre k week like this stuff is really important, and other states aren't necessarily doing stuff like that, so anyway, it's been a really awesome adventure to uh, get to know what other states are doing and to realize that Georgia is really really like putting a lot of heart and soul into to the program and the kids and and running a class act you know.
3: That's really good perspective. And um, I agree with you. I think Georgia has a lot to be proud of. Um, And Nicole, I want to get to you because you are a Georgia pre-K program specialist, which means you were up close and personal with the teachers, assistant teachers and the students. Talk a little bit about what children are learning during that pre-K year.
0: Um, Wow. How much time do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. um, Yeah. The children are learning so much during that pre-K year. And Susan already touched on the fact that for many of our children, this is their first classroom experience. Um, So I think initially teachers work really hard to help children understand what it means to be part of a classroom community um, and how to be successful in a classroom. Um, We know four-year-olds need that routine and that predictability. Teachers do a great job of establishing that in their classrooms. And what's been Phenomenal is watching teachers do that virtually as well. I've been able to sit in on some small group activities and um, the conversations that they're having, um, the bonds that the children are forming, even virtually has been really amazing to watch. Um, you know, in the classroom, you know, some of the things they're learning are some of those lifelong skills, how to solve problems, how to resolve conflicts, um, because we know that happens in the classroom sometimes. Um, so those are all things that that they're working on throughout the year. I think teachers, um, again, we can't say enough about our teachers. Um, but I've had so many of them say how they see the children transform through the school year. And by the end of the school year, they're so much more confident in their skills and their abilities. Um, and the teachers really instill this this excitement about learning, about being in school, um, and so those are those are hard things to to document and and um, you know, measure as far as what they're learning. But you see it in the classrooms, um, and you see it when the teachers are working with the children.
3: Mm-hmm. So, how has twenty twenty and the pandemic made your job different?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on a Zoom call right now. Um, <laughs> It's, you know, it's changed a lot of our jobs, but it's been really interesting how we've been creative and, again, thinking outside the box, to use all those cliches, that that we've found new ways to do our jobs. Um, me, personally, I've, I've become a little more tech savvy, um, so I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks sometimes. Um Yeah, definitely. We've gotten used to using the virtual platforms, which have been um, surprisingly fun and really useful. Um, I think as far as collaborating with coworkers, working on projects, we've been able to do a lot of that virtually. And I think it's given us a way to communicate um, in a whole different way with our pre-K providers and with our teachers. And so, you know, for example, tomorrow I'm... um, hosting two meetings with my pre-K providers to kind of review what our pre-K visits are going to look like. In the past, that would have been a quick email, let me know if you have any questions, kind of here's what you can expect, but instead we're holding meetings and it's nice because you get that instant communication, the providers get to benefit from the questions that other people are asking. Um, So I think if there is a silver lining, we've been able to Try some new things that maybe we wouldn't have have done in the past. And when we get back to our, our new normal one day, I really think most of us will, will want to continue using some of these tools that we've developed um, and, and try this as a, as an ongoing process with some of our programs. It's been very beneficial.
3: Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, And I know pre-K encompasses so many different domains, language and literacy, math skills, social emotional development. What do you think are the most important achievements of students in pre-K? I know you talked about that whole spectrum and how they grow during the year, but, and that's a hard question, but you're the expert. So what's your opinion?
0: (laughs) And, and I will say um, that's one thing I love about pre-K is that it's not really a one size fits all kind of program. And so achievement can look different for different children. We know that they come to us with different skills, different experiences. We know we have children that start the school year just turning four. So they're those very young fours and we have children that turn five right after pre-K starts. So there's a 12 month gap um, in, in the children in any one particular classroom. And so I think the teachers do a really good job of using assessment and the gels and their curriculum to plan individualized instruction for the kids. So, you know, I think with, if I had to look at big achievements, what I think I see um, is some of the most important with language and literacy, building and expanding on children's vocabulary. Um, Teachers start that day one, Um, obviously phonological awareness and identifying letters and letter sounds. You know, math, a lot of it is the problem solving piece, um, that it's not always about getting the correct answer, but it's that thought process you go through to come up with with whatever your answer is. Um, And I touched a little bit on some of the social emotional aspects. Again, um, teachers really spend a lot of time helping children understand feelings and how to express those feelings appropriately in a classroom. Um, they're teaching, you know, empathy and how to be a friend and how to respect each other. Um, so again, those are things that that take place all year all year long.
2: Susan and Nicole, let's talk about COVID-19 and the impact that it's had on not only the formatting of George's pre-K, the, the different um, class models that we're offering this year. But what about attendance um, for pre-K this year?
1: We do see that attendance is lower this school year um, enrollment in our pre-K program, but it's pretty consistent with what you're seeing in enrollment um, in K-12. Um, we know that um, numbers are down um, for children in um, public um, school I think that families are trying to figure out what works best for them, and some families are making different choices, but I do um, think that our programs have done a really good job of trying to determine how to meet the families where they are, so um, like I said, we have programs that are face-to-face every day. We have other programs that are doing distance learning. And then we have a lot of programs that are doing something in between. um, In order to reduce um, the number of children interacting, they may have smaller groups attending on different days. And I think they're being really responsive to families' needs. The other thing that we do see is even in this year, we still have a waiting list for our program. So there are families that um, either want to attend in Georgia's pre-K and there isn't a slot in their area. But also that waiting list this year means that I may be a family that's not ready yet for my child to come to to the program, but maybe if... um, the virus, um, the spread of the virus in my community reduces or something else changes for my family, then I want to have my name on that list so that I can have a spot at that point. And so um, we anticipate this is a small bump in the road um, in enrollment in our program and anticipate that um, enrollment will come back up and we do see it already going back up.
3: McCoy, you have visited several Georgia pre-K classrooms to read your books and play some music. What has impressed you the most about the students?
7: Oh, man, they're just so engaging and so much fun. And um, I think that's one of the weird things about um, getting involved with uh, early education is it's like there's this kind of uh, magical power that kids have. And when you're, when you're around it like every time I would leave a school and getting up early for me when, when I was on the road, like and going at a school and being there at seven o'clock or something and setting up for the, to read to the kids at eight o'clock and play music and everything was like, I'm going to bed at 3am, you know, cause I'm on my, you know, tour schedule or whatever. So I'd kind of roll in there, you know, rubbing my eyes or whatever, uh, and excited to do it, but still, you know, it's like four or five hours sleep or less, you know, but, um, man, the energy that you would get off the kids and just the enthusiasm. And, you know, when you say, you know, do you guys want to hear a song? Do you want me to play the red guitar or the, you know, the blue guitar? And they're like, red! And everybody just goes crazy. It's hard not to go, because adults just don't do that unless it's about college football, I guess. You know, like, they don't just do it about every single thing in life, you know? So it was. it's really exciting. I found that uh, every single day I would, uh, I would, leave the classroom just invigorated with this kind of like youthful energy and insight and um, the ability for the kids to think at such a high level at such a young age I mean I have kids that are two and three years old and you know I'm aware of you know their intelligence level and they're really smart kids and everything but to go to a classroom and ask the room full of kids you know what is behind the little red door and everybody starts raising their hand and one kid's like you know It's a blue horse that has wings and, you know, there's a guy sitting on top of him who's an elf from this movie (laughs) that I watched. you know, and they just go on and on. And you're like, yes, yes, that's exactly what is behind the little red door, you know? And another kid's just like, you know, Elsa Anna, that's what's behind the little red door, you know? So just the idea, um, the energy and the creativity and the open mind and, and that kind of thing has been every time I leave the Georgia, classrooms, I walk away going, I'm so glad that I did that. You know, just, the, it's just so fun. And also, I think uh, you guys do a very good job of making sure that the teachers uh, and the environment is up to standard. You know, you guys do a very good job of that. And so I've found that the teachers, every classroom that I've, I've visited, the teachers have all been um, so engaging and they, and, and they, I can actually say, I've never been to a classroom where I don't, that I thought that the teacher didn't absolutely love what they do for a living, which is so powerful to say about, I'm, I've never met a grumpy teacher in pre-K, you know, uh, every single one of them has just been just as excited as the kids are and what an a, a awesome environment to be in, you know?
2: Mm. So important as that start of their educational journey for sure. Erica, uh, the week is here. It's upon us now. So, is it too late for programs to get involved in this year's virtual Georgia Pre K week? And I know we've got a photo contest uh, that's going on as well.
5: It is not too late to get involved. Like I said, each day more and more centers are registering. We have a bank of videos available. That's that flexibility being virtual offers. Um, you can always also visit the website. Um, and email us to get support uh, in order to engage in pre-k week. And yes, the photo contest, we're seeing some really awesome photos come in already. So please snap a pic, post it on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform you have, use the hashtag GA pre-k week. And You will be entered into the Georgia Pre-K Week Photo Contest to learn a prize. We'll be doing the drawing at the end of next week. So please post and share your pictures.
2: Nice. And the the website is georgiavoices.org. And you just look for Georgia's Pre-K Week videos. All the information is there uh, for you. Susan, we're also excited to announce our new Georgia's Pre-K Program Teachers of the Year for 2020, 2021 school year. Tell us about them.
1: Yeah, it's always so exciting to honor um, our pre-K teachers. And we were able to do that last Friday. Um, I'm excited um, that we are gonna be able to honor them this year. So we have two winners, um, one from public and one from private. So our winner from public is Heather Malillo at West End Elementary School, and that's in Rome City Schools in Floyd County. And then our private center winner is Alderine Healy, and she works at the YMCA Early Learning Center in Paulding County. And they were so excited um, when we announced our winners on Friday, and hopefully... Uh, Reg will be able to do a full podcast on them soon to learn more about them.
2: Absolutely want to do that. Uh, we were able to talk with uh, Alderlene and Heather uh, shortly after they were named on Friday. And uh, we asked, what does it mean to you personally to be named Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year?
8: Hi, it's Heather Melillo from West End Elementary in Rome, Georgia. Being named Teacher of the Year is such an amazing honor. I am still trying to process the fact that I am the 2020-2021 Pre-K Teacher of the Year. Wow. I am just truly humbled by this opportunity. I am who I am today because of the people in my life. My best friend had a hunch that my meeting Friday was more than just a meeting, so she rallied a bunch of my teacher friends who cheered on the top of their lungs when Commissioner Jacobs told me that I was selected as this year's Teacher of the Year. The support and love I receive every day pours into my teaching. My students are loved. They do not just know it, hear it, and see it. They feel it, and I get the same back from each and every one of them. My students and my assistant are a huge reason I am where I am. I love to learn, and I love to teach. And every day, I thank God for blessing me to be where I am. I'm excited to be an ambassador for Georgia's pre-K. I can't wait to share what works well in my classroom to help all of my students become successful, not only in school,
6: but in life. Hello, my name is Alderin Healy, and I'm from the YMCA Paul and Early Learning Center in Hiram. I am honored to be named the Georgia Private Pre-K Teacher of the Year. I would like to extend gratitude to the management and staff at my center and at the Northwest Family YMCA who have supported me throughout my career at the Y. I will share with you how much this means to me and update you on my current class. I also want to reinforce the importance of the Pre-K program. Firstly, I am proud to be the Teacher of the Year and I look forward to representing the Georgia Pre-K program where I have spent my entire teaching career for the last 10 years. The magnitude of this recognition is not lost on me as I'm aware there are many remarkable pre-k teachers in the state of Georgia. So to be acknowledged is both rewarding and humbling. I'm looking forward to the role of ambassador as I'm anxious to use this platform to inspire and encourage assistants, leads, parents and the community. I can do so because at one point in my life, I was a member of each of these audiences. Being the Judge Pre-K Teacher of the Year is a feather in my cap and will help in my career development as I seek to be an adjunct instructor at the local college. My intention is to prepare future educators to enter the field with realistic expectations and the tools to unearth talents so that all their students can achieve their full potential. I am excited about this school year, and despite the challenges associated with this pandemic, we are committed to ensure that our students and families have a rewarding pre-K experience. We are conducting face-to-face instructions with new rules and procedures that the children have remarkably adapted. Keep on your face mask is a new class rule, and working and playing in constant clusters have
3: fostered relationships and team work. How is your class meeting right now and how are things going so far? We have
8: been teaching in person since the very first day of school of this year. We have taken every precaution to keep everybody safe. While my classroom may be set up a bit differently and my teaching methods may be different, my love of teaching is still able to shine through in everything that we do we're wearing face coverings and physical distancing as much as we can the beginning of the year was a little bit overwhelming because we all have been inside for about six months so being in a small space with a lot of people was hard to not want to hug everybody and be in everybody's faces But now that we just finished week seven our rituals and routines are in place and my babies are
6: learning and my babies are loved our new normal still allows us to provide instructions to address all domains but my challenge is readily understanding my students as they try to verbally express themselves behind the mask my strategy is to over articulate using exaggerated body language to effectively communicate and encourage students to speak louder to compensate for the muffled sounds. There are more screams of enthusiasm and air high fives to compensate for the hidden smiles. But I do miss the interactions with the families and the parent engagement activities.
2: And as we celebrate pre-K week this week, what are the most important things people should know about pre-K and its impact on young learners?
8: As we celebrate pre-K week, the most important thing that I would love for everybody to know about pre-K's impact on young learners is that pre-K is an amazing place for children to be. In pre-K, we learn kindness, grace, love, how to be a friend, how to self-regulate, how to express ourselves appropriately, just to name a few. We learn through so many different avenues, such as play, hands-on, listening, watching, peer teaching. Pre-K is such an important stepping stone for every child. I wish every single child could start their educational journey in pre-K. Pre-K is truly a wonderful place to be. We are able to set these young learners up to love learning and to express their curiosity for new and unfamiliar topics.
6: I am excited about the opportunity to highlight the benefits of the Pre-K program because I believe it is the foundation of a child's educational journey. It doesn't matter what type of house that is built. The strongest part of the building is the foundation, and the foundation determines what type of house will be built. In Pre-K, we provide opportunities to build social, emotional skills as they develop relationships, learn conflict resolution strategies, and how to self-regulate. We create experiences to teach them about their communities and encourage their inquisitiveness as they explore the world they live in. In our classroom, we create an environment where students are comfortable to be creative, curious, and confident. The instructions are enticing and exciting to encourage the children to explore and express themselves. The intent is to incite innovations and make learning interesting and fun. As early childhood educators, we believe that all children have the capacity to learn, and our goal is to help students unearth talents. The well being of today's children affects the future vitality of our community. The Georgia Pre K program is a lifeline to many families, and I am proud to be a part of this program, which allows me to prepare future leaders. Today,
3: all right. Well, thank you uh, very much to our Pre-K teachers of the year. I know we will talk more with you throughout this year. And thank you to our panel uh, for being on our podcast. This has been a great discussion about one of my favorite weeks of the year. I do want to wrap up um, and go around the table and hear your personal wish for Georgia's Pre-K in the coming year. So, Erica, I'm going to start with you.
5: That all of our Pre-K students have a wonderfully memorable year that gets them really excited for their lifelong learning journey. And all of our pre-k teachers um, know how much they are appreciated. How about you, Susan?
1: Um, I would echo Erica and hope that all of our pre-k teachers um, know how much they're appreciated and let our kids know to have fun and enjoy every moment of it.
3: And Nicole?
0: I, my wish would be that the students end the school year just as excited about learning and curious and as they did when they started the year, and that that continues kindergarten on through their entire career.
3: And finally, Koi.
7: To you guys, thank you so much from outside perspective for what you guys do for our state. And, um, and also, you know, a shout out to all the teachers who are just you know, on the front lines, man, out right there with the kids, either in the classroom or, you know, trying to <laughs> wrangle them uh, on, on the virtual uh, screens and whatnot. And to the kids, you know, may this be something uh, that's just, uh, you know, uh, a piece of sand that floats down to the bottom of the ocean in their life. You know, that they, it, it, it has a, you know, uh, they learn through it, I guess that there's uh, tenacity as a skill. Uh, set but also that you know this is something that's not a bump that's just a part of life and we all move past it and uh, better days are to come you know so uh, but again I can't thank you guys enough for what you've done for the state it's just amazing the work and energy and effort that you guys have put into it so my my real wish is for you guys to know how much uh, uh, I appreciate you and how much the state appreciates you. That's great. Thanks, Coy. For more information uh,
2: on Georgia Pre-K Week, follow us here at DECAL on all our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our YouTube channel. There are some videos for you there. Or again, uh, the Voices for Georgia's Children website. Just go to GeorgiaVoices.org or you can call 404-521-0311. Guys, thanks so much for sharing some time with us. Have a great pre-K week. Uh, Let's uh, keep that pep rally going uh, straight on through this week and for the rest of the year.
0: Now your questions from the water cooler.
7: Hello, I'm Jim Keith, and I'm the director of software engineering for Decal in Atlanta. And My question for the commissioner is, when are the Decal offices open now for the public to visit?
3: So, um, Jim, as you know, most of our staff is working 100% uh, remotely from their homes. But um, back in June, we did open up our offices two days a week. So we are open on Tuesday and Thursday, um, really just in case anyone from the public needs to come to our office for any reason or usually drop off documentation. Um, most everything could either be mailed to us or emailed to us, but we know some folks just like to come in person and drop that off. So we wanted to make sure um, that they have that option. So our offices are open from eight to five every Tuesday and Thursday.
2: Shout out to Tammy who maintains yes. the lobby of our offices. We appreciate her.
3: Yes. Yeah, she's, uh, she's been there every Tuesday and Thursday uh, with some help, with some backup, um, CCS um, staff and we have some executive team members there too so it's a very small staff but yeah exactly Tammy has done a great job of making sure that we are accessible to the public on those two days
2: and that's Tammy Clark who you uh, friendly voice you hear on the telephone (laughs) friendly smiling face there on the seventh floor of the east tower of the sloppy Floyd building in downtown Atlanta it's been so long I've kind of missed our offices definitely miss the cafeteria and all the choices down there, <laughs> you know, just coming I'm up tired with a of san- making my own lunch. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It'd be nice to see those folks again. And uh, yeah, I know they're doing a great job. Um, but yeah, so come see us or uh, of course, you can always call us. Um, but again, shout out to our team for such a great job that they're doing, continue to do working remotely from their homes uh, making the, as the song used to say, making the best of a bad situation, uh, with COVID-19. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. What percentage of four-year-olds are served by Georgia's pre-K program? What percentage of four-year-olds are served by Georgia's pre-K program? Answer that correctly. You'll be in the drawing for a nice prize. Thanks for playing and good luck.
1: Thanks for tuning in
0: to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.